and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, Michelle Kane with Voice Matters, and my ever-true sidekick and wonderful co-host and partner in podcast crime, all those great adjectives that I just need to stop saying, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. How are you, Karen? I'm good, Michelle. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well, thanks. You know, good. I love into the, the hair. Whole... Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hopefully we're having a good day. If it can be kind to me for this half hour, I'm happy girl. (laughs) Well, we are going to be talking about something that we all run into from time to time, some of us more than others. And that is, what do you do when you are faced with a prospective client that's brand new to PR? Oh, yeah. Weird, right? We think everybody <laughs> has worked with a PR agency, but that's not true. Some so people not true. Really have not had exposure. Either they founded a company and in previous lives, they didn't work with a PR function, or they just have never experienced it. And so They don't know anything. They're bright and shiny and brand new. And even people who may have been exposed to PR may not have ever worked directly with PR before. So right. I mean, they're bright and shiny and enthusiastic. And should you take them on? (laughs) Should you take a step back? What so today we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about how to make a decision. Some of the things that you can put in place to make sure that an engagement with a new and shiny company to PR is um, that can make you successful. And then, of course, some of the red flags that you need to be aware of. Right. I, it's funny. The Speaking of red, the red flashing word that comes to mind is expectations, especially when someone is totally new to PR. Like you said, they may have some experience, no experience, but they bring to the table their expectations of what they hope and desire PR to do for them. So, so often, no matter how seasoned a client is, that's our first hurdle or that's our first, you know, learning experience along with the client is setting and managing those expectations. Wow, that you hit the nail on the head. That is the perfect word. And and that is the challenge of all PR professionals is to not only set, but manage those expectations from day to day, because you can't, that's one of those things that you can't just do in the beginning and expect and expect, there's that word again, for the (laughs) client to memorialize what was agreed to. There's, there must be constant reinforcement of those expectations and making sure that you are keeping them in alignment with what they can really, what they're expecting to gain from a PR engagement. Yeah. Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, when you are working with someone who's never worked with PR, you're not only managing expectations, but you are having to educate them about what this function really does and how it really supports the goals of the company. So you may be erasing some myths that they may have or some misconceptions about what PR really does. It in my mind, it can either be a tremendous opportunity to work with a client that's truly a blank slate. They don't have bad experiences. Right. And so they're coming to you 
and they're trusting your strategic counsel. And that's always an exciting thing to be able to offer that. There, I think also it puts more pressure on the PR professional because you want to set the tone for this experience that they're having out of the gate. But you also need to make sure that you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's because it's somebody that has no idea how any of this is supposed to work. So it may take a fair amount of step-by-step education on why you're taking certain steps, sharing information and bringing them into it. What I would advise not doing is running out of the gate and immediately leaning on that lever called media relations. Right. No. That's where so much of the misconceptions about our perception right right there with people believing that all we do is earned media and that is our only value. And I promise you, it is the quickest way to churn and burn through clients, the quickest, because you're only as good as your last hit. So with a brand new client, you really want to make sure that you're talking about a robust PR engagement that really leverages our entire skill set. Yeah. And I think it's important that they are on board from the from the very beginning. And even it's probably, you know, ideal to do this in the vetting stage. Sit down with them, spend time with them and say, okay, what are your goals? What as you often say, what does success look like to you? Well, these are the ways we would get there. And this is how we work. Does that work for you? Is that what you're expecting from this experience? And, you know, if you get any indication that they are shaky or that it's not, you may want to walk away or, you know, hey, if you're up for the challenge and if you live to teach clients, you know, to kind of herd them to be the Australian shepherd of PR, then go for it. I have to say, you know, Michelle, I know you've probably had this experience too. I've worked with clients new to PR and sometimes it can be a joy and sometimes it can be not what you want. And so I think you brought up a really good point. All of this really needs to start before you sign a contract. So it begins in the vetting stage and don't be so eager to sign a contract that you miss all of these things because you will find yourself in an engagement where the client has wildly unrealistic expectations. And so I think it's really important to not only talk about the results, but the timing of the results, the process, Mm -hmm. their process, how do they collaborate with other agencies? Um, You know, they have to understand that PR is not something that happens in a bubble that you, it's not like a slot machine. They're going to put the check in and you're going to spit out (laughs) everything without their help. It's not. <laughs> and believe it or not, we all know that there are some clients that believe that they want to be oh, yeah. hands off. And yeah. so you secure an interview and they're not available, or you have a thought leadership piece and there's no one to write it. So, particularly with someone new to PR, you want to make sure that you cover every base so that they and you have a mutual understanding of not only what they're going to get but the journey that it's going to take to get there. So you might want to talk to them about the first three months. You know, what does in your mind, what does the first three months look like? If they hired you because 
they have some big whiz bang launch in the next two weeks, that's a red flag. Any client who comes to you with some last minute requests, even if they are experienced with agencies, it's a disaster. I immediately say, gee, I'm sorry, I can't help you because a lack of planning on your part is not an emergency on my part. There is no way that you can put together a good, strong strategic plan, make sure that you have tested and checked and know everything and be able to successfully launch. You could certainly rush it and just go out and start pitching things and start doing things and do tasks, but that is not what we do. It diminishes your value as a professional. And so I say, if somebody comes at the last minute, just say no and say, here's how I can help you. You know, for future, you know, if you want to talk about you have some things coming up, you know, before the end of the year, or you want to talk about next year, I'd be more than happy to sit down and map out a plan with you. But something that's happening two weeks from now, no, thank you. No, no. You know, what comes to mind is, and I've I've never uttered these words to a client, but in my mind, it's like, hey, I'm not a fast food drive through you know, you can't just drive up and order a press campaign or, you know, say, oh, well, just get me in here. You know, I mean, my goodness, that's not even giving consideration to, oh, I don't know, publication deadlines, even if they're digital, you know, what, what they're planning for their coverage. So, you know, definitely a red flag. And but at the same time, there are those teachable moments within that correspondence, right? You know, well, this is how we work. So if you do want to pursue something, this is how it will go. And they may have no idea. I'm sure they have many plates in the air. And, you know, they're just trying not to get hit on the head with those plates. And, and they realize, oh, my gosh, we never secured a PR agency. And but, I mean, honestly, when somebody's hitting that panic button, it, the, the PR panic button, like, uh-oh. Not fun. And they just forgot to think about you. You have to take a step back and think if somebody lit, left this very important function into the very last minute, yeah. what does that say about how they value what I do? Do they right. value what I do or do they see me as, you know, just some, you know, little freelancer that they can just pick up and go, you know, is it like the $5 an article mentality? Mm. Um writers will tell you they feel as strongly as PR professionals that they need time to do their work well. And you can, you know, sure enough, you can find somebody to write $5 articles for you all day. Sure. They will be words on a page, but they will not be strategic, well thought out content that's actually readable and useful to your brand. So you want to think about that too. Like, what was the reason that in all of your planning around a product launch or around a big announcement or around opening a new office or hiring, whatever the reasons are that you never for one minute thought about a strategic plan for how that would roll out and how it would get communicated to your audience. So it, it might be a fire hose culture. Some PR professionals love that. Karen Swim does not. No, some do. No, not this girl. I don't do fire hose cultures. <laughs> Just bad for the system. It, it really is. And, and again, I truly feel like every single PR professional should place themselves in an environment where they will succeed. And, you know, for those who garden, we know that you can plant non native plants into your garden, but they're not going to thrive in the same way as native plants. 
And so you want to plant yourself in soil that is going to be native to you, that Mm -hmm. really allows you to be in your flow and to do your best work. You don't want to place yourself in an environment where you have to struggle and fight against the elements in order to achieve success, because that's exhausting. And we could pretend that, oh, it's a challenge. And, you know, sometimes I've, you know, heard PR professionals say, oh, but I really like the mission and I really like the company. So follow them on social media, (laughs) buy their crap. Doesn't mean that you have to take them on as a client. Sorry, not buy their crap. No, 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 but you're a hundred, you're a hundred percent right. Because I stop myself too at times. You think, well, let me just wait. I haven't even signed you yet. No, we're, you know, we know the PR people are big hearted. We get excited about helping and sometimes that gets ahead of us. So, yeah. you know, it's better to just take the deep breath take and, breath. you know, we should Sit all have, your... yeah. And, 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 and listen, I know sometimes I might come across as like hardcore, but I've learned to make that separation. I promise you that once a day, I talk myself out of like doing free things for people because I like them that are not even clients. I'll see something and go, Oh my God, this would be perfect for so-and-so. And then I stop myself. I put my hands down. I walk away if I need to. And I go, <laughs> but they're not your client. Right, and right. they're not you to do this. It'll be okay. The world will go on. You can still love them, but yeah. this is not your job. And, and is that ever hard when you see like this perfect thing. Of course it is. Yes. But I also understand that if I ever want people to value what I do, I have to value it too. Mm -hmm. It starts right here with me saying, this is what I do for work. This is what I do for a living. I'm not a volunteer in this particular instance. And so I have to teach people how to treat me. And, you know, you don't have accountants out there going, Hey, that person looks like I could really help them put together a financial plan. Let me just go run and do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, you do not. (laughs) And that's, that's not, that's not a derogatory towards accountants. It's because they're already so busy. (laughs) They're so busy and they know. Innately will, they understand that this is, it's not personal. This is my profession. This is what I do. And right. part of what I do means that I get paid for my work. You you right. don't, you know, and let's take it. And it's not just about, you know, people like us, you know, you're not going to uh, talk to someone who works in McDonald's. They're not at work. And you say, I need you to grill me up a burger. Why would they do that? That's not what they do. You know, they right? train to work in this particular, you know, industry, they are a skilled worker. They There's lots of things that they have to know and remember to do their job. Why would you ask them to serve you outside of work? <laughs> no, no but that's, it's so true. It's so true. And, and I know at times it's, I, I think as, as we go on, although, you know, there are moments where you still feel like, oh, no, 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 no. And that's why. You know, it's not a bad thing, no matter what, even if you know it's going to be a wholehearted, healthy yes for you. Say, hey, you know what? Can I think about it for a day or two? Just just say that straight off. And, you know, it could be I need to see if it'll fit into, you know, my workload right now or it's not a great time for me. You know, and then these are all true things. You know, you're not you're not fibbing or anything. You're 
you're protecting your space. You're protecting your business, really. Um, so I love even if, the pause. Yeah. You are on fire today, Michelle. Ooh, the pause ah. is beautiful. <laughs> and you know what you just said? It's giving yourself a little bit of air to breathe and to move away from the immediacy and the emotion of the moment. And, and yeah. sometimes we really connect with people. We genuinely oh, like them. Totally. Don't say yes in the moment. And, and that, you know, when I used to do career marketing, I advised the same with job offers say, wow, I'm really excited. You, you make sure to express your excitement. You thank them, but then you take a couple of days away from them to make the decision so that it gives your mind the opportunity to now process what you've heard, do right. a little more research and sit with the decision. I believe that the same is true of clients. Give yourself a moment to breathe and to really think through how this is going to fit into your roster of clients, what this really means, and give yourself the time to process things that you may not have processed in the moment. Exactly. It gives you the opportunity if you missed questions in your pre-qualification you, they're not going to come to you in the moment where you're like, I want to say yes, it's a <laughs> budget and they want to start next week. Move away from that for one second. It's okay. And it is. they're so desperate that they cannot wait a day. You can say, Hey, this all sounds great. Give me until the end of the week. I need to connect with my team or I need to, you know, connect yeah. with my board. Everybody should have a personal board of directors. We'll talk more about that at a later time, but it, just let them know that you need to sit with it for a day or two. Like, Hey, that yeah. sounds great. Let me, you know, talk with my team. Let me look at, you know, what's going on and get back to you in a couple of days with a decision. Yeah. This has been great. What would be the best way to reach out? Do you want to schedule another call? I mean, there are so many ways that you can handle this. I absolutely, you know, recommend having a next step built in and agreeing to that. Yes. Not just walking away and saying, let me think about it. There, so often I've come back in a day or two and said, you know what? You know, I don't think I'm really the best fit for you, but here are some recommendations. Right. Even though they're lovely. So, right. Not everything is necessarily for you. Suggestion. Yeah. I mean, even if it's, even if it's the most amazing project, it may not be right for you right now. And yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I think a lot of, again, a lot of times our, our, you know, desire to be helpful, taking that pause helps you. And it also helps them because certainly you will have questions for them. You know, sometimes They'll come at you and say, well, we have a budget, but we don't know how much. Well, I'm going to need you to answer that. So I'll give you some time. You know, things like that are, you know, what what kind of scope are you looking for? Who are all the stakeholders? Because I'm sure this has happened to you. You might have had a meeting with who you thought were the point people, but then there are other players and they all have thoughts separate from the conversation that you just had. So it's really worth taking that time. and. You know, I think we all realize that onboarding a new client doesn't happen overnight. It can take months just because the work is happening in between on, on both sides with other work. Yes. So, you know, and I think that all goes into evaluating this potential relationship with someone who's new to PR. There's so much to it. It's not just, oh, we need to buy paper clips. Let's look in the catalog and click a button and do it not like that. This is a, a yeah. service that, that really is required to get to know your business 
unlike many other services that they will that they will engage with people for. And you know, I want to share some of the red flags that should make you pause. A prospective client new to PR has a company that is struggling and sees PR as saving the business. That is a huge red flag, whether the client is new to PR or experienced. That's a flag. PR is not going to save your business. There are some things that were broken and led you to that point, and PR is not the savior. You don't ever want to put yourself in that situation. Right. They can't wait, and they're ready to start right now. That is always a red flag that needs to really be examined because if they are uh, so, and it's fine to be excited about moving forward, but when they meet you and want to start next week, what's the pressing reason behind that? And what position is that going to put you in? The second thing is that they are wildly out of alignment with what it really costs to hire a PR professional. So we always say negotiate scope and not your rates. But if the rates are so low, their budget range is so far beneath you that you really can't don't walk away. You need to just walk away. It's never going to work. You're never going to be able to get that budget up. Just don't do it. Save yourself the trouble. Yeah. The other thing is that make sure that you're not just meeting with people who are evaluating but the people that you're actually going to work with. You can run into a situation where you have maybe one person that's a champion of PR, but then you may have executives who don't really believe in it. So watch for those phrases. I've actually been in meetings where people have said, well, you know, our CEO doesn't really believe in PR. That's a red flag. Yeah, You don't want to be in that situation. Because if the executive leadership team does not believe in PR, guess what that means for you? You are not going to be evaluated in a fair manner. It's going to be stressful. And that executive probably has unrealistic expectations that you may never get to address. Because if they don't believe in PR, are they really going to give you their time? And then what's going to make them a believer? Something made them a non-believer. So what's going to make them a believer? Just... Stay away from that. So listen for listen for those verbal cues. Listen for what's happening in the organization and make sure that you really understand because those are red flags. It's not just sometimes an established company can be new to PR. Huh? And if they are, you want to understand well, why. You know, what's the reason that you've never engaged mm-hmm. a PR agency? Don't be afraid to ask and dig beneath the layers and get to what's driving you to make this decision today? It may be that, hey, you know, we've spent this time building the business and building up our customer base and focusing on this. And as a team, we discussed, you know, so if it was a thoughtful decision process that brought them to you, that's one thing. Sometimes it's not. And you want, but you want to make sure because you need knowledge in order to make a decision. Startups are their own crazy culture. (laughs) And you know, I've worked with startups. I'm starting to, you know, maybe lose my will for the <laughs> bright and shiny brand, 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 brand new startup because there's a lot of change. There's a lot of dynamics. It depends on the company, though. It depends on the leadership, but there can be a lot of change and it's fast moving. And you can have people doing 10 different jobs. And, you know, in some ways, that's really exciting. You know, I have some mid startups in, in my roster now. 
but I love them because they're well-run companies. They are, you know, they know their mission. They're great yeah. to work with. They're energizing. So that part of startup culture is exciting. And it's exciting yeah. to help build and to shape with a caveat that that is so dependent on the leadership. And God knows we've seen enough, you know, startup stories go to the left. Oh, yeah. We, you know, with a company that has toxic leadership. But yeah. if you do, if you are working with a startup, again, just beware that it's dynamic, it's fast paced, it's moving, they're grooving, and you may be doing, you may be doing things that are a little bit different. So understand that. And again, it's just about finding your fit. It's not just about the client finding right. a resource. It's also about you being in your flow and your element. Right. I mean, a good practice would be to ask around, you know, if you're able to, if you know that that you share a community with this company, you know, or even in the Facebook groups that we belong to, you know, just say, hey, has anyone ever worked with X? You know, how was your experience? So, you know, can you chat with me a little bit about it? You know, take it offline. It doesn't have to be broadcast. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Wow. I think that I hope we've delivered you know, <laughs> some good tips today and not scared you away from the bright and shiny people. Don't because be scared. Just be careful. <laughs> just be wise. But yes. you know, to be honest with you, everything that we said today, those are the same things that you should apply to any client. Yeah. Any client. Just don't be afraid to ask questions. Right. Don't be afraid right. to take a seat and make a good decision. And for sure, make sure that you are placing yourself in an environment where you can thrive. Absolutely. Protect yourself and grow your business. But we thank you for joining us today. If you got something out of this episode, please do share it around. We really appreciate it. If there's a topic you would like us to cover, please let us know at soloprpro.com. And before I go, I know Karen's going to kill me because we didn't want to do a whole episode about this, but Karen has a little something that she has created it is called your journey to entrepreneurship and yes if, if we were together she'd be kicking me under the table now so I'm glad we're in different states it is a 90-day journal to help you inspire yourself to help you goal set so check it out I think it's on Amazon I think it's on the amazon.com your journey to entrepreneurship I am so excited for you Karen congratulations thank you, you I know you inspire us and everyone at soloprpro.com. And I am just so excited that so many more people are going to be able to plug into your, your wisdom and your calm, cool guidance. So I thank Thank you. you. All righty. Well, thanks listeners. We'll see you next time on that solo life.